in a world full of straight people. Aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? And so much more. Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. Can you believe it? Drew, I, I, Dave, who's who? I, I get, I'm, I'm so We're flummoxed. all the same. We're all the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, how, how many times do you think he's done? I, I Actually, numbers don't matter no. here. He's family. He is. You know, we've known this, this very special person for a long time. He's a, a creative force and never see him enough, whether it's in person, on a podcast. It's just never not a thrill mm-hmm. to be with Drew Drogi. Hi, y'all. Drew. Hi. Drew, in New York City, where is this Where is this apartment? Yes, I'm in Hell's Kitchen. I'm in Hell's Kitchen right now, and this is the most lighting I can get It's it, on a Zoom. So I look a little uh, bruise adjacent, but, uh, sure. you know. <laughs> but it's... It's moody. It's yeah, sexy. It is, man. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, like, it's a very theater people kind of apartment. Oh, very here. much so. There's lots there's lots mm-hmm. of reading material, an entire bookshelf. This is my friend's place, and he's got a million plays and actually books about the theater. And and we're right in the center of Hell's Kitchen. It's great. I mean, I, I do love it here. I've had a great time. Oh, I've been here since August. It. It's wild. I've, I've not been in Los Angeles since early August. And how are you settling in? That's do you crazy. love it? I do love it. I do love it. I mean, I'm here doing a really fun show called Titanic, which is this insane parody of Titanic with the music of Celine Dion with this dream cast of lovely, incredible people. And when I've been here before, it's like for long stints, it's like doing my shows, my solo shows, which I'm always like having a blast, but they're exhausting and you're by yourself and you're doing a lot of promotions and you're worried about people coming. And then when they are there, you're worried if they like it and keep coming. And so I'm in this just really fun hit show that I just get to walk out and be a monster character. And it's a musical and I don't sing or dance. So I love being in it. I love when I get written into a musical to just come in and scream at everyone else for being beautiful and, and wonderful. Oh, God. You're, you're playing the Francis Fisher yes, role, yes. correct? I am the, the mother of, of Rose, the, the Kate Winslet character. So yes. Perfect. I yeah. not wait to see this. Dave, you're coming up here, yeah? You're coming here soon? Oh, I'm here. I'm oh, here. you're there. Oh, if you my th- God. If you think this is what my walls look like. <laughs> Drew, I was Drew, just Drew, like, someone's got a real funky 80. Yeah. Yeah, Dave's got a real uh, playful yeah. Yeah. for the uh, For the listener. Just geometric shapes and lips. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very 80s teenage notebook that's happening behind me. I am yes. at a, a hotel in New York City. I am here. We are planning on coming to the early show tomorrow. Oh, great. Touching base with everyone today, hoping to make it happen. I cannot wait. I oh, cannot fantastic. Wait. How long are you in the show? Drew? I don't Do know. know? Um, I'm, I'm sort of saying 
January is what I'm thinking, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, great. I, I'm planning on being. Then I'm going to see it too. I'm going to be in New York a bunch. Uh, oh, great. This month oh, good. Oh, yay. Awesome. Yeah. So um, excited. Everyone yeah, I'm planning on seeing it at the end of the year. You can see it. Yes, Love it. Come and see it. It's really, really fun. The cast is amazing. So tell me about tell me about the, the the energy, the beating heart of of you know the theater district in New York uh, City when you're doing eight shows a week, eight, eight shows dance a week rehearsals, is, it is no singing joke. rehearsals. I mean, really, I had a week of rehearsal because I'm a replacement in the show. So they've been running the show for two years now, and so I had a week to learn this and get thrown in. And yeah. I mean, I'm not none of these musical things, and I'm they're so patient with me because they really are like. Drew, you're on the two. You need to be at the 2.5. And I'm like, the, the what? Oh, those numbers on the floor are, oh, that means something. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Like, I really don't know. So, um, But there's been something about, I feel like theater kind of feels like it's finally back. I mean, you know, it's like we've been, it's it, it, we've been saying that for a long time, but it just feels like there's a lot of new, exciting stuff that's coming out. And, you know, it's, I don't know. It just, it feels like a, it feels more creative. I don't know. I feel like past times I've been here post COVID and it's been like, it feels tough. And I mean, you know, it's tough everywhere, but there is some creative energy that's happening now that I'm like, oh yeah. Um, and I think with the strike, a lot of people are like, let's go do theater right now. And so that's putting a lot of energy towards that, which is also pretty, you know, pretty great. And I feel very that's grateful exciting. to have a job right now, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And Titanic is so, it feel is, I mean, it feels so perfect for you for so many reasons, but also because it feels so, it, it's clearly something that was like built from the ground up. I don't know the people behind it, but it's it's something that sounds like a joke when you describe it. You're like, yeah, I'm sure they're doing that at Casita del Campo right. in the basement. But now it's this, it's this phenomenon. I, I know. Well, uh, well, um, Constantine Rizzoli and Marla Mandel and Ty Blue and Nicholas Connell, they all they were all friends of mine from Rockwell days in L.A. We, we would do musical parodies of oh. lots of shows. We did like Double Wears Prada and we did True Beverly Hills and they did a lot of they did a lot of them together. And so they came up with this idea in L.A. and wanted me to be the Francis Fisher part but seven, eight years ago when they put this together. So they did imagine the role with, you know, with me in mind. And um, but I never got to do it. And it was one of those that I was actually coming here to do my show while they were developing it in L.A. And they never ended up doing an L.A. run. And so it just sort of was building. But it it it, it started in the basement of um, Gristidi's, like where the old UCB was. And so it, it has right. those roots of let's come together, let's put a show together. And also like sometimes the idea is what if Celine Dion was the was actually on the Titanic and all the music is Celine Dion music and it's from her point of view. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the crazy idea. And they just build around that. But I feel like all my years in doing Casita del Campo shows and Rockwell shows, just these underground, you know, basement and, uh, you know, restaurant shows prepared me for this, which is next level. I mean, they are, it's really kind of magical how they want it to feel still like it. Sometimes it feels like people have asked me, like, how much of it is just totally improvised. And I think that is a compliment to the writing and to how hard the rehearsals are, like how tight the rehearsals are. Because we make we want to make it look like it's falling apart and it's all happening in front of you. But it's actually very tightly constructed and very little is actually improvised. So, um, you know, doing eight shows a week, you have you, you can't it can't be like loose and rough or like it's mm-hmm. the telephone game in a week. You're like, Oh, this show's 30 minutes longer. Now this thing doesn't make sense. It's gotten too silly, you know, so they, they keep it mm-hmm. pretty tight within that. So it, it, it feels like, you know, it, it feels more legit in a way, you know, I cannot freaking wait. Um, yes. And I, ha- I have to ask just because it's, it's been a hot topic of conversation on this podcast. 
uh, have you seen Aline? Have I seen? No, I have not seen Aline, and I need how to watch is it, it. How 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 am I the only person who's seen Aline? I, I can't believe because that seems like exactly something that would be right up my alley, and I don't know oh why I've just missed it. Oh boy, Amazon Video. Now what is that? Now wait. Now what is that? There's that other movie of with, with Adam Driver and the and the the, the doll baby that t- sings that I'm thinking of. Why am I thinking of that right now? I don't know. It's uh oh my gosh. The doll Adam Driver sings. plays Celine Dion. No, it's like Adam Driver. <laughs> oh my god. There's some movie. Okay, that when you say Aline, I was thinking about it. It's like, it's like all of there's like a a, a boat and it's like a. Oh, I want to say Marianne Cotillard is involved in it. And they, it's a musical. And they have a baby that's a wooden doll. Oh, yeah. I think this is the... Yeah, Titanic yeah, yeah. is just Am I high? infected I your happening. dreams. I don't know. Okay, anyway, now. that's not what this is. But Aline is the French. That's what this is. It's like loosely based on Celine. But it's like... Yes. A, yeah. a, a, yeah. a very young actress is playing the role of... No, she's like... No, she's she's... Probably fifty-ish, but oh, okay, okay. Uh, but she okay. does uh, put she does CGI her face onto a five-year-old actress's body. Okay, uh, that's play what I, okay. I was sorry, that's okay. to play <laughs> young young Aline. Yeah, it's uh, it is something else. Um, you know, uh, if you, should you find yourself back in Los Angeles in okay. the uh, in the new year, we will do a screening. Oh um, yes, and you'll please you'll lose. Your we must. I, I think it will make. Titanic look like a grounded, uh, you know, straightforward biography of Celine. Yeah. So what are you watching, reading, listening to? What am I consuming? watching? I, I did get to see, oh, um, I did get to see the the first episode of Fellow Travelers and I loved it. I think, uh, I don't know if y'all have seen it yet, but it's oh, not yet. fantastic. Not yet. It's really smart and, and incredibly sexy. And I just, I, I mean, I want more. Like I, 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 my only criticism at the end, I was like, oh, I, I need more of that. So, um, I really liked that. Um, what else have I seen lately? Oh, oh, and I have to say, it, it's coming out in December, but I got to see an advance screening of All of Us Strangers, the new mm-hmm. Andrew Haig film. Oh, I saw it's it too. The, you've Dave seen did it too? too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's devastating. It, it, it's it, devastating. Uh, yeah. I, I ugly I, cried for two hours. I, I, I couldn't. Yes. I couldn't control it. I was kind of begging it to stop in a way that yes. it, it hurt in such a beautiful way. Yeah. And it's really four yeah. incredible performances. I mean, all four of them are unbelievable. 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 I just interviewed Andrew Hay uh, oh. for for a future uh, issue of Esquire, and he's amazing. And uh, and I want to be very close friends with him, so I'm just putting oh, that out. Oh, same, the same. Um, yeah. But the uh, as I said to him, and his experience uh, has been similar. So I went to a uh, a screening in Los Angeles at the sunset five and it was you know it was like every media gay in the world basically and so like you know so i knew a bunch of people there and i was sort of made eye contact with like a bunch of people like in the kind of talk to you after kind of thing Mm -hmm. the movie screened the lights went up there was no no one was talking like it it was everyone was like get me to my car where i can have the reaction that i need to have oh in solitude i i know no talking no talking. Yes. Either. Yes. There's no, and I, I, it's something that I, you know, for people who haven't seen it yet, there's really nothing. When people are like, what is it about? I'm like, I can't even tell, I can't say really yeah. anything other yeah. than watch the trailer and the trailer even, and really like, yes, there are major reveals in it and they're twists, but it's not even about that either. Like I kind no. of, I kind of figured it, I'm not going to say anything, but I, I kind of figured yeah. out what was happening 
not specifically, not exactly, but it didn't matter. The the emotional honesty in that movie mm-hmm. is, and it's just very smart in how it handles so many things and and how yeah. it handles being gay in that time, just how, and just parents and kids and relationships and lack thereof. And, and, and also like, I feel like I've tried to, I feel like I've tried to explain to my mom about the nest, the loneliness about being gay with that's not really sadness. That's that, it, that it's like an important loneliness Yeah, that this movie really taps into as well. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. devastating movie, but it's also about the sort of the, the, the island that we're on as queer people right. in, a, in a way that's like beautiful and I felt so seen in that way that it was like, yeah, it's great that we are a part of a community, but we're all are also in this like very solo pattern, you know, whether you've yeah. been with someone forever mm. or with the, or have love with you, around you all the time. Sure. Great. But, and, and I hadn't ever seen that really yeah. in, like embodied in a movie before so beautifully. Yeah. And it's, it is, it speaks to the, the idea that like, even if your parents are living, there is a moment at which you like there a part of you put like pulls away yes. and and they cannot be with you for that and and like it's oh, yeah. it is a uh, like a figurative death that happens and and it's to to like resolve that and have that sort of have a conversation as peers with those parents who yeah. you turned away from at that time is like it sounds like we're, I'm giving a lot away. I'm really, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's just fucking beautiful. And yeah. it speaks to the importance of Frankie goes to Hollywood. Absolutely. And Pet Shop Boys. And Pet Shop Boys. Come on. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, yeah. We've said everything and I hope nothing about. Yes, this movie. yes, yes, yes. But yeah, holy fuck. I don't, I don't feel it's been ruined for me j- no. just yet. Um, I mean, although I am terrified to yeah. see it. I just saw something that feels like a very Drew Drogi movie, which is Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, yes. Yes. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I Have you seen that, Dave? Anatomy I have of not. A Fall. Um, I thought she is incredible. The acting is amazing in that movie. Yeah. I liked it. I didn't. I, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like, oh, this is very uh, thought provoking. It's very interesting. Uh, it reminded me a lot of The Staircase. Uh, and it reminded yeah. me a lot of there was a French movie called Saint Omer, Saint Omer, that came out last year that also reminded of like the courtroom drama of like what actually happened. But I always love, I mean, you know, it's I, I very much enjoyed it. I wanted to like, I wanted a more cathartic thing, but I think that's the point of the movie is that you're just you're you're constantly in this like sense of state of unknown. Yeah. I am a little bit done with the, this is not a spoiler in any way, but just the like the concept that sort of like like truth is subjective and sort of like it, you know, this is a, a mystery, but like actually the answer doesn't really matter. It's all in the sort of it's all up to the viewer's interpretation. It's like I'd actually like to be t- I think it would be harder if you simply made a decision and told me. Yeah. And I need to know that you I, I, I don't always need to know the answer but i need to know that you know the answer if you wrote it does that make sense yeah, i need to know yeah. that like you're leaving it to, as opposed to like what if because i have a hard time with that too also we mm. we just endured that in the last you know what six eight year however many years of just like you know alternative facts and it sort of feels like 
sort of driving home that idea of like anything can be true. And I think we love these sort of like alternate stories, whether it's like wicked or yeah. like there's another side to things. And I think it can be interesting, but it is a little exhausting sometimes. You want to just be like, it's like that play doubt that kind of drives me crazy because I don't think he makes it. I don't think he yeah. makes a decision at the end of that play. And spoiler, you know, um, she has doubts mm-hmm. and you're like, I think you do too. When you wrote <laughs> it, I don't really know. I'm just sort of, I mean, it's fine, yeah. but I'm kind of like, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. I, I kind of wanted a little bit more of a a moment. I mean, I I love Jagged Edge. I mean, you know, I love, you know, have you do you all know that movie with um mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. oh it's in the eighties. It's um yeah. Glenn, Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges. Bridges, thank you. It's amazing and it's this courtroom drama. It's a lot more like pulpy, like eighties courtroom drama. It's not as prestige or smart as Anatomy of Fall, but there's an amazing reveal at the end where you're like, oh my God, she finds a typewriter yeah. in the in the closet and you're like, oh, oh my God. And it's a clue. And it's like, I like a, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm yeah. trash, but I like an Agatha Christie sort of ending where you're like, oh, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Are you able, uh, as now a part of the Broadway community, are you able to get out and see other shows? I am. Uh, I we have Wednesday matinees free, so I usually see a thing on Wednesday matinee. And if and if the show is short, on I can go. I can see a Saturday matinee because our first show on Saturdays at five. Uh-huh. So we have shows at seven o'clock every night, except for Saturdays, which are at five and nine, and then we have Sundays at three and seven. So uh-huh. I, I'm seeing. I'm trying to see at least one thing a week, and I've seen some yeah. great stuff. Spam a lot. Spam a lot is wonderful. Yeah. It is. I mean, I'm spoiled because two good friends are in the show, but like it's really fantastic. And it takes on, I'm going to say, a poignancy that I never thought I would ever see in Spam a lot. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's a number that was clearly written to be a joke. And now with what's going on in the world, um, and again, spoiler, dear friend, but the way Michael Yuri plays the, the song is absolutely beautiful. And I got emotional at the end. Um, in a way that's like, oh, wow, that's, <laughs> that song really takes on. And then you just have the, you know, the genius of Taryn Killam and Leslie Kritzer and just, the, just the entire cast is phenomenal. Um, Love it. I really like, I thought Gutenberg was a blast. I had a really good time with that. Um, if I would say if you're a fan of Dick's, the musical, it's Gutenberg is, you know, the more hetero version of that, but the same idea of like a UCB mm-hmm. show that's been blown up to like really just cool proportions. And now it's on Broadway with these two genius people in it. And then um, what else have I seen that's, that I've really loved that's that are recently. Um, oh, Pearly Victorious is wonderful. And a comedy okay. from 1961 oh, yeah. that's never been done professionally since the sixties. And Ossie Davis wrote it. And it's so funny and so like of the time. So I would say if you're planning a Broadway trip, those, those are surefire bets. Okay. There is, um, there, there is there. Okay. Twitter is obviously useless right now, but there is, uh, there is a rampant speculation on Twitter about every, everyone who has passed through UCB being CIA operatives. Oh, I saw that. I saw some weird thing. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Right. All of us, all of us. Yes. All of us. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Well, I mean, yeah, we because, are, we're not going to talk about it here, right, Dave? No, I mean, we well, really, well, I mean, I'll talk I mean, to you. But, obvi- but tw- you know, Twitter solved it, so I guess we might as oh, well. Okay. Cat's out of the bag. So what, now, but, what do you think yeah. started this idea? Well, it's it's just because everybody's, you know, every everybody's speculating on everything, and the dumbest people in the world get their shit elevated because they paid $8 a month. 
Right. And exactly. so, so it's like anyone who's, who's talking in any way about uh, Israel and Palestine, mm. who is a performer who has passed through UCB, I guess it's Brett Gelman has said some things and like, oh yeah. And, and, and some, some super sleuth was like, well, UCB was started by Del Close who allegedly did, you know, experiments with the, with the military or whatever. And so that it means that everyone who's gone to UCB is, uh, is a CIA operative. And the wow. funniest thing I think I've ever seen on Twitter, somebody said the other day, you know, every, you know, so many people in Hollywood have gone through UCB. It's not a weird program. It's just prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, come on. Like, you know, yeah. It's I'm, just prestigious. I don't, I've never said this before, but I am actually the first member of my family to go to UCB. And so, oh, you know, I mean, oh it is, it does God. create oh, Dave, kind of, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, that's really, it's got to be hard. Thanks. It is, it is a little bit. It's yeah. hard for them. It's hard for them. They must be proud, but yeah, also yeah, incredibly I'm to jealous. Bring it up, that's painful. No one in your family knows how to find the game. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really <laughs> unfortunate. That's so unfortunate. Actually, the only official UCB class I took was with you, Matt. That was the only I took oh Daniel God. Schneider's class. And that was the only I just ended up with doing Danielle's, that, you know, and yeah. um, loved it. And that we, there were so many great people in that class. I remember that being an amazing. Oh yeah. But um, I think I knew you before that, but maybe not. Maybe that's where we. Well, I d- definitely okay. I don't remember time. I remember time. I no, so when I first moved to LA, Drew Picorni and I were doing these Christopher Durang one acts at the complex, yes. which is the the epitome of the sort of I like just moved to Los Sam Angeles. Boulevard, I'm going to get discovered because I'm yes. going to do you know identity yeah. crisis at the <laughs> exactly, and we had your headshot for one of the roles and somebody somebody one of drew's friends ended up playing it um but i will never forget that your headshot and big head of curls and i was just like who is oh my god so did i did i submit to be in it did i send you my headshot as from backstage west yeah but then yeah but then i think i i didn't meet you until after it was over because yeah well so that was um but i well i definitely remember that headshot i love it and do you know what, yeah. Drew? The the night that you and I met just came up in conversation recently, and it was—I don't know if you'll remember this—but it was during a, uh, a live internet show called Cold Maxin. Yes, I do remember Cold that. Maxin. Cold Maxin, which was Maxin. Cold Maxin. It was a comedy freestyle rap show that was produced by Will I Am's comedy website Dip yes. Dive. Dip Dive. And that's right. Yeah, and uh, you were a judge, and I was a judge, and James Adomian was a judge. So that's like, right. Okay, let's get three white guess, gay guys to judge the rap contest. Yeah, to judge your rap contest. Yeah, that was wild. That is crazy. And we were like downtown. I want to say we were at LA yes. Live. Yes, we were. We were at LA Live. Wow. It was after the uh, the Black Eyed Peas show at the Staples Center. That's right. And That's we were right. at that studio that they tried to do in LA Live to make it like the Times Square MTV studio, except no one is ever in LA Live unless there's a game and everyone's trying to get in or out and that's right. it. And so the the windows overlook like a, you know, the uh, ESPN zone and a Jamba Juice and everyone rushing <laughs> to not be there. <laughs> and and there were some live shots of the after party of the Black Eyed Peas show and there was a bleacher for uh for the audience and the audience was Ben Wise and no one else. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and we were there were supposed to be celebrity guests, and one person came, and it was Jeremy Renner. That's right. It was Jeremy Renner. That's right. Wow. Totally. <laughs> How weird. 
What a crazy! Yeah, he was just happened to be hanging out. He was just walking by, just getting there. a jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I mean, what a why! I just love all the just the craziest, the crazy guy. I ended up doing a lot. Did you do a lot with Will I Am and the and Dip? Because like they yeah. were really trying to like connect the comedy there. I remember I had to go over to his house and do something where I played a teacher. I was a teacher at. They set up this like web series that I was teaching kids black eyed peas information <laughs> and i was the teacher and there was something where this sounds like I, a dream it feels like a dream describing a weird like, dream i mean it's one of those things like i'm going to tell people and they're like why is he making this up it's so elaborate and so weird <laughs> but we were at his house and there was something i had to do where i was someone getting called to the mat because he was like the the principal of the school and of course well, and of I course he would be and he would be he would be you know but yes. i don't even know if it ever aired or i don't remember anything but you know, yeah. he was really nice. It was great to work with him. And, you know, it's just sure. great to just just share our gifts in, in whatever yeah. way we can. That's I mean, right. the comedy world, it, there's like a before Will I Am and an after. A full uh, Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's right. Did Will I Am go through UCB? Well, well, we'll find out. When we get on our PSYOPs app, we'll find out if he's there <laughs> or not. That is so amazing. I love that. Drew, Messy White Gaze. We have to talk about it. I'm I'm upset that I won't be able to see that when I'm in New York. I know I don't I don't think there are any we don't dates have right yes, now. So it's this is a new play that I've written that I've just been doing readings of. Uh, I've done two in LA and now two in New York, and um, I'm just trying to hear it out loud and I'm gonna like, work on it and hopefully somebody wants to produce it and do a run of it. But I've never done like an actual full fully staged off book you know run of it. But it's it's um. It's very much the story of Rope, uh, which I rewatched a lot during the pandemic. It was, it was very much a pandemic movie, a very claustrophobic and very gay movie mm -hmm. that um, I just sort of was imagining, like, what if it's I could make this even gayer? And um, I'd written other shows about, like, before a gay wedding in Palm Springs and during a gay birthday party in L.A. And I was like, what about after a gay murder in New York City? So this one's... This one starts yes. with a thruple and it's two guys murdering their third and shoving the body into a, a Jonathan Adler credenza and having brunch with a dead body <laughs> in the room. So um, it's my first like multiple actor play. So it's five actors and um, and a dead body. So, it, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to make it happen. It's been the cast is incredible and um, and it's been rotating through different people. So, like, you know, hopefully. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I, I'm trying to maybe do at least one more reading while I'm here uh, in November or December. So I'll let you know if I, if I do more of those, but um, hopefully we'll get a production going, but things take a while. It'll be at least a year, I would say before anything were to happen, I would, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We just had the great Pete. Oh uh, my God. On the he show. is so fantastic in this show that like he came to New York to do, to do the reading because that's how, like oh, wow. what a dear friend, what an incredible pro. And just everyone in New York city was like, who is this person? He's a force of nature. There's no one on earth like Pete Zayas. It's like, he's truly, mm -mm. Uh, he's magical. And this is a role that I didn't even write with him in mind. But when I did the first reading in LA, I was like, well, Pete will be hilarious in whatever part I put him in. And I'd love to have him in it and whatever. And I just put him in. And now I can't think of anyone else in the part. Because he's mm. re he really just brings some other layer to it that um, that only that only he can do, and I just can't wait for him to have his Jennifer Coolidge moment, which I've been saying for years. Like when people are just like can't get enough of him, and they put him in everything because he's he's pure magic. Yeah. 
his uh his He's his just Instagram live show Total Trash is just is indescribable and unmissable. Even when nothing, in fact, especially when nothing happens. Oh, absolutely. You know, when it's just the sort of, where he's just like, I actually don't have any tabloids. Let's watch uh, Inside Edition together. (laughs) Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, let's do that. He's also been so fully in his own lane for so long. Like, as I've known him for over 20 years, and he's been talking about Deborah Norville for 20 years. He's been talking about... (laughs) Princess Diana, he uh, Marilyn. Oh yeah, like his 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 tent poles are are firmly planted in the. You know, it's like he know it, yeah. he's he's fully it. So like all the Diana and the you know the royal stuff that comes out, it's so in his lane that he's so on top of everything. Um, he's also one of the smartest people that I know, and I love that he has this energy of like, I'm a mess. I don't know what's going on, and you're like, oh, you see the world, you you. Uh, yeah, he calls me. I mean, you know, he's my favorite person. To call me like, here's what I actually think is going on about this person or that, and I'm he's always right. So I now I just ask him. <laughs> my favorite moment of the conversation was Dave goes, Jean Benet Ramsey, and Pete goes, saw that. That's another Jean Benet has been from day one obsessed on Benet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and Wendy Williams. Okay, I want to take. Uh, like a wild conversational okay. swerve here because I was just thinking like we've we've had we've had you so many times what's is what have we ever not spoken about I don't think in all the times I've talked to you I've really gotten your thoughts and or experiences on the paranormal oh ghosts UFOs cryptids where are you at um well first of all I fully believe that we have aliens coming down all this stuff that i'm that i've read my brother could really speak on this because my brother was driving me to the airport in this UFO. last trip i'm sorry in a ufo, he was in a UFO alien. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so no he really like has been following the stuff that's like happening in um vegas like outside of vegas i want to say um or in some military base there's some there's been some sort of sightings of these these uh the some objects that are the size of cars that have appeared in these, uh, in these, um, maybe Roswell. I'm gonna, I mean, is that too on the note? Somewhere around that. Yeah, area. there something did just happen yes. in Vegas as well. There was a family that had a, a an incident in their backyard. Yeah, there are these objects that they have that they have found that move away at a in a way that is scientifically impossible. Like on this planet, they they move at a speed and a weight, and they've been chased and kind of looked at. And it's like there's nothing that exists like that. So I think there's definitely something here and watching us uh i i also never believe in like we're the only one i think there's got to be possibility of other always because um yeah and um and i'm not i'm not scared of it at all like i think it's cool i think it's like Mm. um i don't know i'm one of these people that like i'm way more scared of small things and you know um and personal things like and then like oh the world is at threat by aliens and i think that's kind of cool that they're people there are creatures, uh, forces, life forms, whatever, outside of that. Um, and I'm the same way with ghosts. I think ghosts are really cool. I've had I've had some sort of I've had some experiences that I would consider like ghost experiences. My old mm-hmm. apartment in LA, um, when I moved in the first few months, there was there was activity. It had been it had been left abandoned for a few months, and there was some. There was one night I woke up at like three in the morning, and my um, bath water was running full speed just just running oh wow um and 
there was another, I had a light that was in my closet that would turn on. That was like all the way on the other end of my kitchen. I had this like kind of strange, really long apartment on the other side. And so like it would, in the middle of the night, I would, I, or I would wake up and there'd be a light that had been turned on in the middle of the night. Um, and then I felt like a presence over my bed one night, like hovering over me. And I, it didn't feel scary. It was just like, something's here. And I just sort of non-verbally communicated like, hi, you can be here if, if I could be here, we can coexist. Like I was just very calm. Mm. And the next day I thought about it and I, I freaked out a little bit. I was like, was there, there was something standing over me. Um, yeah. Maybe that was sleep paralysis. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I think there are definitely um, spirits and things around us that um, I, I think that only makes sense to me to, to the, have that. And I think it's like weirdly comforting. Like I don't, it doesn't freak me out at all. People freak so me these- out a lot more these objects come down that are car shaped and, and they move in, in ways that are not physically possible. Yes. Okay. Yes, and, they, then, and then, okay. Yeah. Apparently they they, 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 when they found them, they, they, they fly away at some like wild speed and diagonal. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's impossible to like, even they just, there's no science for how, like physics for how that would actually work. Yeah. So um, they, but then, when do they ask for a suggestion <laughs> and, st- and like start the opening? Oh, okay. Um, I feel <laughs> like uh, I'm one of your family members right now and I'm just trying to get you to pass the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Are you, are you reading anything at the moment? I, okay. I j- just finished uh, The Shards by um, Fred Easton Ooh. Ellis, oh, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, I've been actually talking about this on a lot of, sh- I, and I will do it again. It's, you know, who wrote, uh, American psycho and, and lesson zero and rules of attraction. Um, this new book is, is fantastic. It's the return to form with a, a little more, a little more heart and a little more, and, and a lot more gay sex. Like it's a very mm-hmm. graphically mm-hmm. gay book more than anything else he's ever written. Um, and of course it's also about a serial killer and it's of course about the eighties and of course about the San Fernando Valley, but all stuff that I love. Um, and I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his writing. I think he's, I can't follow him on Twitter or whatever that, that thing is called right now, but I do love, I do, I, you know, I'm very much influenced by Yeah. Him. I, I, I read it, loved it as well. But as I was reading it, I was like, I don't remember why I'm supposed to not like Brett Easton Ellis. And I haven't gone back to verify, but something's amiss. Yeah. But, no? Well, I, the thing is, it's like, I, I mean, he, I honestly, I think about like my Chloe videos. I, I went and looked through American Psycho again. I'm like, I'm completely ripping off American Psycho with my, vi- like, like I completely, like he influenced me so much as a writer and Rules of Attraction. I read that mm. in college and I was like, I think every gay man read that of a certain age, read that in college and was like, this is me. This is who I am, you know? And yeah. so, um, he, um, my, I, I'm not sure exactly. I know that he wrote a book that I did not read and, and I'm not going to, that's called white. That's all about, he's an old white man right. who's canceled and kind of grr and angry about it. Um, which I don't give a shit about that perspective. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I think on, I believe on Twitter, there was, just, I, I was just irritated that he always referred to his boyfriend by his age because he had a much younger boyfriend. And so he would say the 24 year old wanted to do this. And the, and it was like, that's a person in your life. Mm. And unless you're bragging or, or, or demeaning or something, I don't really, I, I just couldn't, 
endure that. So I just kind of stopped following him. But there may be a there may be even more. I think there and you know, lots of people like read in his work and find it deeply misogynist and problematic and homophobic and all the things. Um, but I don't necessarily see that. I, I read the shards as fully autobiographical, including, <laughs> including the, the end and the twist. Well, that's another movie that I mean that's another piece where the ending is very up in the air. But I feel like I mean not to spoil it, yeah. but I feel like I I feel like I understood where it went by the end, or at least my understanding of it. Um, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Speaking of the valley, I would like to make a recommendation. It is right here. It is called "I Could Not Believe It: The Teenage Diaries of Sean Delier." Do okay. You, the 1979. Never- thank you, Teenage Diaries of Sean Delier. Sean Delier was a like 80s early 90s right, yeah. silver lake gay punk scenester right oh cool. uh, you know do you know the song it's a bubble i don't think so it's it's him on vocals on the song it's a bubble okay and but in 1979 he was a i guess he was like 13 14 living in simi valley one of you know few black families in simi valley it's and he's uh, like a gay 14-year-old, and it's his diary from that year. And wow. it is so wow. wild and funny and, like, joyful. It's, you know, it's, it's like two years before AIDS, so there's, right. like, all kinds of sex. And, and it's, it's I, I, cannot, I cannot recommend it enough. I okay. could not believe oh, that's it. Awesome. The 1979 okay, Teenage Diaries of Sean Delier. You, you, will, you will mourn for the gay What a great name. It's also... Kind of sounds like Sean. I know. I thought yes. the same thing. That's why I had to zoom in on it. I was like, is it Sean yeah. or Sean? Duh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Chandelier. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll die. You won't okay. be able to believe it. I love it. I love it. Drew, what are your holiday I'm going to be in New York doing Titanic. Fuck um, yeah, you are. Yeah. That's, I mean, I really enjoy holidays in New York City. Like, I have spent a few here, which is, like, always a good time. I'm off for a couple days. Like, I think we're off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Hopefully my family's going to come up and visit at some point. So I'll get to see them that way. And um, and lots of friends, like the two of you, are co- people are coming into I mean, since I've been here, I feel like I've had it, at least two or three people a week that have come into town to, that have swung by the theater. And so I've just, I, I'm just looking forward to, you know, a, I'm doing a Friendsgiving on Thanksgiving and a friend's holiday for the whole time. So, yeah. What about y'all? Will y'all be in? Will y'all be back home? Will be in LA? Be in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, talking about going home at near but not the holiday because tickets okay. are especially expensive this Smart. year. So you know, know. if if Christmas is on December seventeenth, who fucking cares, right? That is absolutely uh, true. It also can yeah, happen in so January, we'll which is like what I know a lot of people yeah. do it in January when it's just easier and less stress. Yeah. I hate flying in the holidays. Like I, I hate it. It's hate it's it. horrible, and it's, it's so delicious. insanely expensive. Like it's stupid what it costs, and they know they have you. You know, it's not like oh, there's a yeah. holiday to it. I don't mind occasionally flying on the mm. actual holiday mm-hmm. because then no one else is doing it, and it feels like you've gotten to sort of skip the yeah. entire thing. I'm not doing that this year though. I'll be I'll be in New York oh. for Thanksgiving, and then and then back here. Do you feel like you? Do you want? New York to keep you there? You know, I'm thinking about it a lot lately, this trip. Like, not keep me there, because I love I love LA and I love my place there, but I would love to be able to go back and forth more. I mean, I kind of have done that, like a lot of us do, you know, when work calls you one place or another. 
Um, I would love for this strike to be over. Um, you know, I'll be the first to say that. Um, no, but if I can back, go back and forth with work, I would love to be able to spend more time here and work here more um, and live here more. You know, I mean, I would love to do half and half if I, if I could, because it's a great place to, to you know, be. But, oh. Drew, I cannot wait. We're very lucky to have cannot you. Cannot wait to see this show. Can't wait to see I you there. I'm so excited. So I might see you tomorrow, Dave? Yes. That, okay. uh, we're, we, I got to double check with everyone. But oh yeah, God, five, so awesome. the early show tomorrow. Okay, wonderful. And Matt, I'll you're see in it. You you're not. You're not sitting. And I'll this see you in a couple okay. weeks. No. no. What okay. if I just didn't tell you? And I was like, Oh yeah, I decided. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm there. Love it, Drew Drogi. We love you so much. Thank you for being here. I again. love you all so much. Thank you all so much for having me. That is our show. Please do give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at HomophiliaPod. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, music by Ben Wise. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walinski, and our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder. Music.